0: Coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, I ran into another dilemma as I was part of another mock draft. This time it was for ESPN, for Fitz and Harry. And uh, I ran into a dilemma, had a few options on the table. I'll tell you what those options were and what the dilemma was and ultimately what I ended up doing. We'll talk about that. Of course, you'll get news and notes of the day and calls and texts. We'll close out the show. All coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, April 19th, 2023
1: your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
2: your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider,
0: pillaging just for fun. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. If you are checking us out on YouTube, that's because of my guy Ari. So not only do we appreciate you, but we appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter at Ari Produces. Again, he takes a lot of pride in knowing that we're up each and every day. We're looking good. We're sounding good. We're doing what we're supposed to do. So big ups to my guy Ari, who does a great job each and every day. Coming up on the show, like I said, got a lot to get to. Can't wait to tell you about the dilemma that I ran into when it came to the latest mock draft that I was a part of with ESPN nationally. Uh, Fitz and Harry, that's Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas. They do the midday show there on ESPN uh, following Greeny. And I just thought it was really cool that, they, one, they asked me to be a part of it. And two, all of a sudden I got hit with a big time dilemma. But we'll talk about that Coming up in segment number two of the show. Here in segment number one, let's go ahead and do news and notes. And off top, found out that uh, GM Dave Ziegler is actually going to meet with the media on Friday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That's going to happen at noon Pacific time. So you can look forward to that. That'll be the last time that he talks to the media before the actual draft gets started in Kansas City next week. And it's something that all of the GMs across the league do, but didn't know exactly when the Raiders were going to hold theirs. So found out it's going to be Friday at noon. So look forward to that. That's something that, of course, I'll bring the sounds to it. on Monday's show here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Of course, it's going to be streamed on Raiders.com on their YouTube page, so you can check that out as well. But it'll be good to hear from Dave, Dave Ziegler. The last time I got to talk to him was in Phoenix, Arizona at the owners' meeting. So that's coming up Friday at noon. Also, later on this morning, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, uh, matter of fact, it's probably over by now, 7 a.m. Pacific time, Todd McShay from ESPN. He's going to have his second pre-draft conference call. Of course, Mel Kuyper had his second one. Todd McShay had one a little bit earlier in this uh, this offseason, and now it's his time to have his second one, so I'll be on that call. I'll just let you know him and Mel came together on a three-round three, dra- three round mock draft, so I want you to know who they picked for the Raiders in the first three rounds of their latest mock drafts, Mel Kuyper went uh, in round one, picked number seven. Devin Witherspoon, cornerback in Illinois. He said, I thought hard about Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, but the reality is the Raiders believe they have the roster to compete in the AFC West this season. That's why they signed Jimmy G. If they want a defender to help them in 2023, it's Witherspoon who can immediately become their top guy. And just a little side note, Kuiper made this pick with Christian Gonzalez on the board. McShay had the Falcons taking Gonzalez with the very next pick. So moving on to round two, pick number 38. It was Todd McShay's opportunity. He picked Steve Avila, the center of guard from TCU. Uh, and he says, Mel took care of the cornerback knee in the first round, so I'm moving on to the offensive line in the second. The Raiders invested in Jimmy G and the franchise tag running back Josh Jacobs, so not, why not give them both help on the interior line? Avila could end up being a really good run blocker in the pros. Note, the Raiders address a huge need right where they need to address it. Avila is just the third interior offensive lineman taken in the draft, and Kuiper swiped Tennessee's Hendon Hooker with this pick just before this one goes to the Seahawks. So no quarterback for the Raiders with either of their first two picks. So Steve Avila, center guard from TCU, is what Todd McShay has for the Raiders in round two at pick 38, and Mel Kuyper has Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois, with pick number seven in round one. And in round three, Todd McShay doubles down. Pick Tucker Kraft, tight end out of South Dakota State, said the Raiders traded away Darren Waller. New quarterback Jimmy G, ranked second in the NFL in yards per attempt on passes to tight ends last season, 9.5. Kraft would be a red zone favorite for Garoppolo in Las Vegas. Little side note, another big need position for the Raiders after the trade of Darren Waller and the exit of Foster Morrow. Kraft is the seventh tight end taken in this mock draft. Remember, that's at round three, pick number 70, and seven tight ends are already off the board, which lets you know how deep the, the class is when it comes the tight end. Then finally, with the second round three pick, number 100 overall, Todd McShay picked Tavius Robinson. Outside linebacker from Ole Miss said Chandler Jones is 33 years old. He didn't live up to expectations his first season in Vegas, so getting more explosive pass rushes with versatility wouldn't be a bad call for the Raiders. Note, the Raiders could probably get by with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, but depth is a need at this point in the draft. You're looking more at best player available than specific needs anyway. So there you go. Those are the four picks out of the first three rounds from Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay from ESPN. Of course, Kuiper went Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. I think everyone knows how I feel about him. He's a guy that is obviously in a position of need. A lot of people want to disagree and say, hey, you know, no corner that early. Go with the defensive line. And that's fine. Uh, again, all I've been saying is get the best defensive player you can get if you're there at seven. So Devin Witherspoon goes number one uh, or goes number seven in round one. And then in round two, pick number 38, Todd McShay, goes with a center or a guard, uh, Steve Avila. And you know the thing about it is Dave Ziegler loves versatility. So I could see a guy that could play both center and guard being something that, you know, Dave Ziegler would, uh, would, would you know, it appeal to him. So I could see them making that move. I do think the offensive line is going to get addressed at some point in the draft. Just don't know if it's going to happen as early as round two. And then we all know tight end is a a must. As he mentioned, talked about Darren Waller uh, being traded to New York and Foster Morrow. uh, Hopefully, he gets better. And obviously, he's dealing with a lot more than just not having a team right now as he's dealing with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And of course, all prayers are with uh, uh, the the Morrow family. Um, Foster, really good dude. It It was great to get to know him over the few years that he was with the Silver and Black. And like I said, all prayers to him. But the facts are that Jimmy G does like to throw to the tight end position. So the Raiders do need to address that and it looks like uh, Todd McShay has him addressing it with pick number 70 in round 3 with Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State and I think one thing that he said that was real big was the fact that he'd be a big red zone target for the Silver and Black. And we all know the Raiders need to address their uh, their their red zone offense because it's just not up to par. And then finally, with the last pick in round three, pick number 100 overall, Tavius Robinson, outside linebacker Ole Miss, uh, basically to, to slide in there and, and fill that void for Chandler Jones because he is getting older. He's going to be with the Silver and Black in 2023, but he probably needs to be in a limited capacity, right? He needs to be a guy that can, should be spelled, and so uh, maybe Robinson could bring some juice. But uh, there you go. A couple defenders with the first four picks. Two guys on defense two guys on the offensive side of the ball according to Mel Kiper and Todd McShay of course Todd McShay rolling with three picks and Mel with one and Todd McShay is the guy that I'll be talking to this morning 7 a.m again depending on what time you're listening to this he might already have had the, the conference call and I'll bring some of the the highlights from that to the show coming up tomorrow also wanted to think about and talk about Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas tech side note, I'll have his head coach, Joey McGuire on my radio show this afternoon at three 30. I'm very excited about that. Uh, just to kind of give the ins and out on Tyree Wilson, but this note on Tyree, uh, several NFL scouts and coaches reported believe Tyree Wilson would be a better overall pro than Will Anderson. Multiple scouts reportedly wouldn't be surprised if Wilson went ahead of Anderson at the draft. Wilson racked up 17 total sacks across four seasons in college while Anderson racked up 34 and a half total sacks across three, seasons Wilson has met privately with the Cardinals Bears Texans Jaguars, Raiders, and Patriots so far. And as I said, Head Coach Joey McGuire will be a guest on my radio show later on today around 3.30 Pacific time talking all things Tyree Wilson. It's funny, in the mock draft that we're going to talk about coming up in segment number two, Tyree Wilson did go higher than Will Anderson, and that really kind of put a monkey wrench in the whole little mock draft and put me in a weird position when I got on the board at number seven. Again, I'll explain that coming up in segment number two. But uh, interesting stuff, man. Tyree Wilson is not established, and he's not as uh, productive so far as Will Anderson but he's also a guy that a lot of people look at and say yeah but he's just getting better 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 you kind of know who Will Anderson is going to be so as much as I like Will Anderson I think Tyree Wilson would be a great pick as well if the Raiders had the opportunity to go get him at number seven now in multiple mock drafts that I've been a part of he wasn't available so I couldn't make that selection so I didn't but I'll explain to you coming up in segment number two what I did for Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas on ESPN when it came to uh, when it came to their mock draft that they're doing on the show. And finally, a little last little nugget I have here for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast kind of news and notes of the day is about a trade that happened with a veteran wide receiver. Allen Robinson uh, gets traded from the Rams to the Steelers. The Steelers get Allen Robinson and a seventh round pick, number 251 overall. The Rams receive the seventh round pick, number 234. Rams will pay $10.25 million to Robinson's salary. Steelers pay the remaining $5 million. Robinson is scheduled to be in Pittsburgh for a physical on Wednesday, and as long as the physical's good, that deal will go through. So, the Rams are completely dismantling their roster. I wouldn't be surprised if they make some more moves before or on the draft day, but they've got a Lombardi, so it feels like that they've got themselves a few years to at least be able to try to turn that thing around, but all those draft picks that they gave up to go get that team and put it together, all the money that they spent, it paid off in a major way, no doubt, by getting the Lombardi, but now they're paying the price, and they're kind of kind of rebuild or you know almost press reset on everything, trying to get their team where they need to go. But again, they've got a Lombardi. It feels pretty good if uh, you know if uh, if that's what they got to go ahead and and go through the process that they're going through right now. But Allen Robinson is on the move. Didn't do a whole lot while he was with the Rams. Now uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers make the decision to get Kenny Pickett, a very reliable weapon. So the Steelers are trying to put their roster together uh, a week before the draft. As free agency has been going on and. Of course, the draft is coming up next week. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. little news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk all things about the mock draft that I'm a part of on ESPN with Fitz and Harry. That's Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas. Really good stuff. I'll tell you about the dilemma I ran into and what my ultimate solution was. We'll do it coming up after I tell you about fan duels. And I don't know how much you're paying attention to baseball, but grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back. There's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball.
1: every
3: day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Got to get into this mock draft that I was asked to be a part of for ESPN National. Anyone who's been listening to me for a while knows that I've been doing a lot of radio with uh, ESPN National. It's been such a pleasure and honor to be able to be a part of uh, the big monster that is ESPN. And Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas have a really good show called Fitz and Harry. And so they're doing their mock draft like I'm doing a mock draft on my radio show Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 just like we did one on the Locked On podcast network that actually gets started tomorrow you'll start to hear how that rolls out like everybody and everybody's putting out a mock draft right now but it was like I said an honor just to be asked to be a part of it so I got hit up by the producer and he said hey this is what we want you to do there is no trades in our mock draft you know you just have to pick the best player available or whoever you think the Raiders would pick at number 7 and of course we'll give you the details on what the other guys other people have selected ahead of you so I said okay no doubt No, no problem Thought it was going to go pretty status quo, you know, quarterback, quarterback, defensive player, potential quarterback, defensive player. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of figured it was going to go just like a lot of the mock drafts have been going, basically what we've been talking about here on the show a lot. And even in segment number one, I kind of got it mixed up. Now that I'm looking at uh, who's been selected, I I actually got the order messed up. But let me go ahead and break it down to you right now, and then I'll tell you what my, uh, my dilemma was when they got to number seven. So, the Carolina Panthers selected Bryce Young. No doubt about it. That's a no-brainer. But Houston threw a monkey wrench into the whole plan. They went Will Anderson at number two, and that's actually something that's been rumored quite a bit. I've talked about it quite a bit on the show that, you know, they're not 100% sold on C.J. Stroud. They're also not 100% sold on C.J. Stroud's agent. And I do know that that is actually a little bit of a factor. I talked to a guy from Houston. He said he doesn't think it should be a big factor, but he does believe it uh, has a little bit of something to do with it. So Will Anderson at number two was selected for Houston. At three, this is where the Tyree Wilson thing came in. Arizona selected Tyree Wilson at number three. So there you go. A guy that potentially could have been there at number seven, the edge out of Texas Tech, went number three overall to the Arizona Cardinals. That gave the Indianapolis Colts their opportunity to get their quarterback. Would they get Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud? They went C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Seattle at number five, who are they going to go with? Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. So right now, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, C.J. Stroud is off the board. Do you see how my, my dilemma's starting to build up? Number six, Detroit. What were they going to do? Remember, they just got rid of Jeffrey Acuda They traded him to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, they went with Devin Witherspoon, the, 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 the defensive back out of Illinois. So that was DB number one for me. I like Christian Gonzalez a lot as well, the DB out of Oregon. But Witherspoon is DB one for me. So then all of a sudden, I'm on the clock. It's like, wait, hold on. Witherspoon's gone. Christian Gonzalez is there. Will Levis is there? But Anthony Richardson is there as well. So now you got a potential franchise quarterback. You got a DB that can immediately help out your defense. And then you got Will Levis that could potentially be your franchise quarterback that you know has been talked about quite a bit from a lot of different people. Not me. I'm not a big fan of Will Levis, so I'm sure you can pretty much figure that I wasn't going to select him. But I was in such a weird position with this. I even talked about it on my radio show, like, man, what do I do? Right, Raider Nation, what would you do? And so I had people calling in and texting in and saying what I should do. Had one guy say, if you pick Will Levis, I'm going to give you that Cleve Farrell selection look (laughs) and go bury myself and bury my head in the sand, so don't do that. I didn't. So Will Levis wasn't the option, but... It came down to Anthony Richardson and Christian Gonzalez for me. And again, I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. This is reality, right? I mean, just because we think that we know and all the experts, so-called experts like Shea, who I'm talking to later on this morning, they give you their idea of what they think is going to happen. We just don't know what flavor these teams are feeling until they actually make the selection, right? Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, for. For, for the longest, were the two guys that were going to go 1-2. And it didn't necessarily have to be in that order. I thought C.J. Stroud was going to go 1 and then Bryce Young. Well, now that Bryce Young has canceled all his uh, uh, meetings with everyone else, I mean, it's like a foregone conclusion that they're going to go at Bryce Young Carolina, even though the GM says that they haven't told him that yet. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I don't believe that. But I just knew that Houston would go with a quarterback – and look, they still might. But in this, for the sake of this argument, they didn't. They went with Will Anderson. Tyree Wilson jumped up to that number three spot. Stroud at four. Like, I, if you had told me Stroud would be available at four, I would have told you you're crazy if you had said that months ago. Right? I just didn't think that there was any chance that that can happen. Jalen Carter, Seattle, five. Okay, that makes sense. Witherspoon, Detroit. Uh, that's, that makes sense, right? I mean, I thought about that as soon as they traded away Jeffrey Okuda. I thought, okay, well, Gonzalez and Witherspoon might go there, but I also know that they addressed the quarterback position quite a bit in free agency as well. So I thought, well, maybe not. Maybe they'll end up going with someone else. Maybe they'll go with the quarterback to sit behind Jared Goff and learn a little bit, but they went with Witherspoon. So Richardson or Gonzalez? I kept thinking, what do I do? Do I uh, you know, go and get the guy that's going to be great right now or do I go and get a quarterback that has the potential to be great but hasn't had a lot of experience in college? So ultimately, not to drag this out any longer, I went with Anthony Richardson. I really did, and this was my this was my uh, you know my argument. Matter of fact, I'll just here's actually my uh, what I turned in for ESPN that'll play on Fitz and Harry, depending on what time you're listening to this, it could be playing right now. This is actually uh, my explanation of what I had to say on Fitz and Harry about the number seven overall pick with the seventh pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft. The Las Vegas Raiders select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. And this was not an easy decision, fellas. This was one of those decisions that I went back and forth on quite a bit between Anthony Richardson and the cornerback out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. The Raiders really need a lot of defensive help, and so I really was leaning that direction. But since the quarterback fell to them, they didn't have to trade up to go get their guy. I felt like it was a no-brainer to go ahead and take Anthony Richardson. He's got a ton of upside. He's a young guy at only 20 years old. He's got a work ethic after doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of different people. He's got a work ethic that is sick, great intelligence. You know, he's got it between the ears. So I think that Josh McDaniels would love to have the opportunity to groom his quarterback of the future, of the long future. And they still have 11 draft picks in a draft that is very deep in corners, very deep in defensive players in general. They can address that defense that needs a lot of work starting as early as the second round or maybe even trading up to the back end of the first round. So Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, is the pick for the silver and black at number seven in the Fitz and Harry 2023 mock draft. So there you go. There was my selection. There was the reasoning for my selection. And uh, yeah, uh, again, it was one of those that I went back and forth with lots of times. But since I didn't have to trade up for the quarterback, I thought that it made sense. Right? Especially because the Raiders have 12 total picks as of right now. So, if I didn't have to trade up and waste any draft capital, okay, I swung for the fences for the quarterback. But... The, the, the draft class is deep when it comes to corners. I'm a big Emmanuel Forbes guy, so maybe the Raiders trade up for him at the back end of round one, or maybe he falls to round two. You never know how this thing is going to shake out. So in my mind, that's what I was thinking. I do realize that they still need edge help. I know that they need defensive tackle help. I get it. Linebacker help and all that. But with 11 more picks, and now you don't have to worry about your quarterback of the future, you feel like you have an opportunity to let him groom, then I'm good with that. Now, the one thing is funny. The one thing that was said by the producer from Fitz and Harry, he said... Just hope that he works out better than the last Florida quarterback that Josh McDaniels drafted. And I thought, oh, why did you say that? There's no reason to say that. Why did you even bring that into my mind and remind me of that? So that was some bad juju that Evan put on me from ESPN. But besides that, I felt pretty confident. And I felt like my reasoning for going with with uh, Anthony Richardson made a whole lot of sense. And look, the bottom line, Raider Nation, it could end up looking like that on the 27th. It could come down to Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, or other at number seven. And Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly... Uh, Patrick Graham, Josh McDaniels, not necessarily in that order, but all these guys are going to have to make that decision. What makes more sense at that spot? A potential quarterback of the future or an immediate upgrade on the defense? And Christian Gonzalez would definitely be that. And maybe some other person. Maybe they're talking about Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Or maybe they're even talking about an offensive lineman, a Skaronsky. Or, you know, a, a Broderick Jones or a Paris Johnson Jr. Maybe they're looking at an offensive lineman, someone who could be a right tackle of the future. Who knows? But... They they're going to have a player on the board or multiple players on the board to choose from where they're going to have a tough decision to make as far as I'm concerned but it's a lot of fun being part of these mock drafts especially the ones that you can't trade out of and you got to make a decision so the decision I rolled with was Anthony Richardson quarterback out of Florida coming up in segment number 3 what's your call what's your on your mind your calls and texts are coming up next 707-654-4693 this is the locked on Raiders podcast
1: Every day. Here we go,
0: Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start out with a call from Nick in the OC. He's calling to talk about Anthony Richardson and his piece on the Players' Tribune and throws a trade out idea out there. Here he is, Nick in the OC. Hey
3: Q, Nick from OC, man. Hey, uh, just a couple things here. Number one, I really appreciate your feedback and your just review on Richardson and his letter. Uh, you know I heard it from another sports cast show with two guys just talking about it, and they were kind of bashing it actually, and they said this could not do' them any good, blah 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 all this stuff and just kind of knocking it and they didn't make fun of it, but it was very negative uh and then a few days later, I listened to your uh show, your podcast, and I really appreciate the heartfelt message and uh the actual reality of it uh so I totally respect you and your perspective man it's it's uh, very rare uh, to have people as grounded as you, so I really appreciate that. And then number two, uh, this is just kind of a question for you. Uh do you think it's possible if the Raiders made a trade with a team that's like a perennial loser, you know, like the cellar dwellers? I don't know. I'm I'm making this up maybe Indianapolis, Chicago or somebody, and you forecast whoever will be like in the bottom three or five three to five team next year and try to get their number one pick for next year um is that you know kind of thinking ahead for the Caleb Williams or any other of those top quarterbacks that's going to be around since it's a better quarterback year next year but anyways just thought I'd run that by you what do you think man Uh, anyways have a good one take care go Raiders
0: Nick thanks for the call appreciate you and yeah whoever was talking about Anthony Richardson's piece in the Players Tribune I don't know why they'd be dogging him about that that's that's crazy to me it feels like just some people that can't relate right some guys that have never been in a position where someone has doubted them or told them that they couldn't do something I I don't know who that would be right but uh, that's just what that seems like to me I, I don't know for me I like to read pieces like that and I feel like I can relate to Anthony Richardson obviously not in the same way. I'm not a football player. I'm not a basketball player. I've never been a professional athlete. But, you know, from a standpoint of people doubt you or people think that you can't do something or people look at you like, oh, you'll never do this, do that, the other, and then you go and prove them wrong. And again, with that strong work ethic, that just really made me think that this dude, right, whatever he doesn't have right now, he could figure out a way to have. And I know accuracy is tough to teach. I'm not really a firm believer in that you can teach accuracy. But if there's one guy that could figure it out, I know Jalen Hurts worked his tail off to become the most accurate quarterback that he could be. So, if Jalen could do it, I don't see why Anthony Richardson can't do it. So I'm 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 with it, right? I'm with it. And, and I, I thought that that piece on the Players' Tribune was fantastic. As far as trading back with a really bad team, that's a tough call. And the reason that's a tough call, because really bad teams realize that they're really bad teams and they know that they're going to be in position to get a really good quarterback next year, right? Because they know that they're still going to stink. So most of those really bad teams aren't going to be ready to trade and give themselves a, a, you know, an opportunity uh, to not get that quarterback that they want. Because they're going to look at the draft like everyone else is and say, "Yeah, the quarterbacks are there, but are they as great as the ones next year?" Not really. But it's funny because we say that almost every year. Oh, this isn't the year for the quarterback, but next year is, right? And then sometimes, and then it's not. And then sometimes when we say, "Oh, this is the year for the quarterback," when it's all said and done, it's like, "Yeah, that really wasn't right." So I mean, do we really know? No. So that's another reason why in the mock draft on uh, on, on Fitz and Harry, I decided to roll with Anthony Richardson because you just don't know. Might as well take a shot and see if you can get the guy, right? So, Nick, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Southern Indiana Raider. It says, hey, Q, Southern Indiana Raider here. Man, I'm very ready to get on with the draft. As you know, I was torn about whom to pick, but I'm not any longer. After the letter put out by Richardson, I very much want the selection to be him. The measurable talent and athleticism is off the charts. When you combine that with the fire burning in his belly, I'm sold. He could and I believe will prove to be an elite quarterback. The Raiders have 11 additional picks to improve their defense. I hope they go get this kid. Keep up the great work that you do. That is Southern Indiana Raider. And he just echoes everything I said in segment number two. I appreciate your text, my man. But yeah, he he just echoed. Everything I just said in segment number two and the exact reason why I picked him in the mock draft on Fitz and Harry on ESPN. So, uh, again, I don't know if it's going to shake out like that and he's going to be available in the real draft April 27th at pick number seven. But if you can get him without trading up, how ideal would that be? Without giving up anything extra, just that's only one pick you're giving up, and you still have 11 more to improve the defense? Yeah, I'm rolling with that. I don't even really know why that became such a hard decision for me. After I really broke it down, I thought, yeah, this makes all the sense in the world. So Southern Indiana Raider, I'm with you. And again, I thought that that piece on the Players' Tribune was fantastic, so I'm glad that you appreciated that as well. Up next, got a call from Jacob in Fresno. He's calling out the 559 to talk about the draft strategy that I talked about on Tuesday's show, and he took some time to think about it, and, well, he wants to chime in on it. Here he is, Jacob in Fresno. Hey,
2: Q, Jacob Fresno. Listening to this morning's podcast and thought about what you were saying about building the team, like really building the team through the draft. And I sat there and talked to myself, if we're going to do that process, then I think that with all the 12 draft picks that we have, I don't think we're going to find like really good quality you know, starters, might even depth players in the later rounds, if you don't get sixth or seventh, but we, but we take those really, really later round draft picks and try and trade up as much as possible to get back into the third and fourth rounds, and also, it's probably going to be something that might not be liked, but... If there's a team that's really, really, really desperate for QB and wants to trade up to seven, like maybe like a Washington or somebody else, I wouldn't mind trading back to their spot to try and pick up, you know, their first round and possibly another second or third, just to really get some quality starters on our defense or on our offensive line. (laughs) I just think that I agree with you. We just really have to build and see where we go from there. Have a good one, Q.
0: Jacob, thanks for the call. Appreciate you, my man. It's good to hear from you. Trying to trade up with later round picks, like six or seven. That is tough because, well, everyone wants to pick in the third and fourth round, right? So it's tough to just package a bunch of your later round picks and and just move up like that. I mean, you can do it. Or, or what you could do is, like, in the fifth round or fourth round, if you want to move up a little bit further and try to target somebody, you can. You know, again, I've said it multiple times. I don't think that they need 12 picks. I don't believe that they're going to pick 12 times. I'm really looking at around eight. I think that that's realistic. So if they package a couple pa- uh, picks to move up a little bit, and target certain specific players, I can I can see that. But I don't think that they'll be able to just package all their later round picks. Even Dave Ziegler told me at the owner's meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, he said, I wish that a, a lot of our picks were in round three, you know, more two or three and four, as opposed to five, six, and seven. But you can't pick where all your picks are at, right? I mean, still having 12 shots, that is good. And like you said, you can still package some stuff and move around and be a little bit picky when it comes to certain players. So thank you so much, Jacob, for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, and just got a couple more. Got a text from Jolly Roger J. Q. Wanted to circle back to the receivers and see if you had any insight on how the offense might be planning to use the combination of Adams, Myers, and Renfro in the coming season. Assuming Renfro isn't being shot by the front office for a trade, those three guys together on the field sound like a problem for a secondary if McDaniels can create good mismatch situations. So I wanted to see what's being said out there. If anything, Jolly Roger J out. And thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, that's the thing about it. Versatility is something that we've talked about quite a bit, right? Well, Devontae Adams can line up anywhere on the field. I mean, he's an outside wide receiver, but he can also line up in the slot. Jacoby Myers is an outside wide receiver, but he could also line up in the slot. Hunter Renfro could line up in the slot. So there's so many different options that are there that you look at and you say, oh, okay, hold on. I see how this is starting to come together. So really these guys could be interchangeable. That's the beautiful thing about this. This can be one of them interchangeable offenses where these guys are all over the place and, you know, setting up mismatched nightmares like you're talking about. I don't know, like you said, if Hunter Renfro is being being shopped or not, right? I mean, we'll find out on on the draft day if he's going to get moved. I think he would get moved probably on day one. Uh, but that's just me spitballing, uh, you know, and the other thing is they also have DeAndre Carter, who they picked up from the Chargers, who's a really good return specialist who probably play the Mac Hollins role. So that's another guy coming off a career year as far as receptions go. So you remember, you can throw him in the mix as well. Now, all of a sudden, you got a pretty salty four wide receivers if you throw them out there on the field and whoever they're going to address with the tight end position. Like the offense really has a potential to be nasty. The thing about it is the defense has got to be improved. If the defense isn't worth the salt and it's not improved, then it's going to be a problem. But as far as I'm concerned, as long as the offense is out there and the defense is improved a little bit, this team could be good. One of the biggest keys will, will be Jimmy G staying healthy. And that's always a crap shoot. You just don't know if he's going to be healthy. I, I root for the guy, right? I'm not going to go against them. I saw somebody make a comment about, oh, they Q roots for whoever they pay him to root for. And I don't know who they is. But uh, I, I I want guys to succeed. I root for the Raiders, and I want the Raiders to, to win. So, yeah, if they're wearing a Raider jersey, yeah, I'm going to root for them. I'm always going to root for the Raiders. I want them to win. So whoever is the trigger man, absolutely right. But nobody's paying me for my opinion. Nobody's paying me to root for anyone. That's just silly, but... You know, there's always somebody, right? That's always got something to say. So, you know, I guess it is what it is. So so there's that. Uh, but, yeah, um, I I hope Jimmy G stays healthy because that's that's going to be the key to the Raiders' success if they're going to be successful this upcoming year. And I think it's a big year. I think Josh Daniels has a lot to prove. I think Dave Ziegler, this draft, he's got a lot to prove. And Patrick Graham, I think this is big for him as well, as long as he gets some defensive help on his side of the ball. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, final call. Omar from El Paso. He's calling to talk about the draft and what he's thinking about the Raiders, what they should do, and has a few ideas and a few players that he's focusing on. Here's Omar from El Paso.
1: Hey Q, this is Omar from El Paso. Hope you guys are all doing well, Raider Nation. Just uh, wanted to put in my two cents here. Personally, I think if we stick to seven, as Stroud, Carter, Witherspoon, or Gonzalez are gone, I really wouldn't mind trading back to the late teens. I'd grab another you know, second-round pick, and with that first-round pick, I'd get uh, Breezy, Clancy, um, or even Emmanuel Forbes. I just feel like that defensive tackle position is not that deep this year. Maybe even Saika Ika from Baylor in the third round. That might be pretty good. Um, my hidden gems are for the later rounds would be the edge rushers from, uh, San Diego State and, uh, um, Eastern Michigan. They both put up monster stack numbers last year and have some motors on them, kind of like Max did when he was over there. Um, finally, even, uh, this guy named Devoncho Maxwell, I think, from Chattanooga. He's a defensive tackle. He's pretty solid too. I think he'd be a, a nice pickup in the later rounds as well. But uh man, I'll tell you what, Q. All I want for Christmas though is Drew Sanders in the second round. I think that guy out of Arkansas is just a monster. He's uh not freakish size, um, you know, speed, smarts, he's he's just the real deal. He can cover, he can stuff the linebacker. I mean he can stuff the runner get out to the quarterback. Those are all three things that we desperately need. Um, I don't know if you could tell me if he was even a top 30 visit because I haven't been able to hear anything as far as as him coming to town. Um, and I also I, I doubt we even use all those 12 picks. I think we're just going to use a lot to move up and move down, or move up, I should say, and I'm I'm okay with that. I also wouldn't be surprised if Renfro isn't traded away either, uh, especially at that number three spot as Stroud is still available. But um, – yeah, if you can let us know if Drew Sanders came in town that'd be great. Uh I do like Clayton Toon from Houston. I think he's got a good arm and some great uh numbers from last year. And, uh, yeah, let me know let me know what you think about Drew Sanders Q. Thanks for being in the trenches and uh stay safe for a donation.
0: Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you and you threw out a lot of names there. Right. Some real quality names. And then you threw in a couple uh, sleepers, some little hidden gems. And I'm okay with that. But Sanders out of Arkansas, that's one that really stood out to you. I'm not sure about his top 30 visits, if he's visited with the Raiders yet or not. I'll find out for you. But he is a player. He's a guy that was originally at Alabama and he uh, transferred, went to Arkansas and really he balled out. Sanders would be a really good player I'll ask Todd McShay about Sanders uh, later today on our uh, conference call that we're going to have early this morning and uh, might be over already depending on what time you're listening to this but Sanders is a guy that really intrigues me as well if he falls to the second round I can see the Raiders making a move for him. All right, I think that they're going to go very defensive heavy with however many picks that they make right now. They have 12 cracks at it. Uh, like I've said multiple times, don't think that they're going to use all of those. But Sanders would be a player to definitely pay attention to. So, Omar, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Thanks to everybody for their calls, even the ones that I wasn't able to get on today's show. I'll try to get as many as possible on tomorrow's show. You'll hear from Todd McShay on the conference call that we have a little bit later on. It'll be his second pre-draft conference call. So he'll be done until the draft is uh, you know, here uh, on April 27th which is next week in Kansas city. I'll be there, uh, have an opportunity to talk to all the prospects. They've already set out the schedule. There's also NFL network guys and ESPN guys that we'll, we'll be able to talk to while we're in Kansas city as well. So I got a lot coming to you before the draft, during the draft and after the draft here on the lockdown Raiders podcast. Very excited about that. Excited about the show each and every day. So thank you so much Raider nation for making the show your first listen each and every day. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Thanks to my man, Ari is doing a fantastic job and, Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow doing it just like we do on the regular. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.